the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We say in the Nicene Creed, he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead. While we believe that Christ comes to judge within human history, our faith is rooted in the promise of a final judgment, when Christ will, in the words of N.T. Wright, put the world to rights. And the epistle gives insight into what this judgment will be like. It says, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts. Then each one's praise will come from God. The Bible says that the coming judgment will have two components. The first is a separation of those who belong to Jesus from those who do not. In Matthew 25, Jesus describes this as the separation of the sheep from the goats. The second component is that Jesus will reward his people. And the epistle is referring to this aspect of judgment. When Jesus comes, he will reveal the thoughts and motives that are concealed beneath our outward actions and appearances. We will be rewarded and recognized for who we are in our inner man, not on the basis of outward appearances. God made a world in which things are hidden. The Bible uses the word mystery to describe the process by which hidden things are revealed. In the epistle, St. Paul refers to himself as a steward of the mysteries of God. His ministry was about making known truths that were once hidden, but have now been revealed in Christ. The word sacrament comes from the Latin translation of the biblical word for mystery. The Eucharist is called the holy mysteries because it reveals hidden things. The epistle implies that people are also mysteries. There are things hidden within us that will be made known, the counsels of the hearts. As our opening colic says, Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid. This is what will be revealed when Christ comes to judge. As Jesus said in Luke 12, verses 2 and 3, there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light. And what you have spoken in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed upon the housetops. St. Paul's target in the epistle is the human tendency to judge other people. St. Paul was defending himself against critics in Corinth. Despite the great knowledge and wisdom displayed in St. Paul's writings, apparently he was not a great preacher and was physically unimpressive. Some people in Corinth preferred Apollos, who was more attractive and also a more polished orator. 2 Corinthians 10.10 conveys the gist of the the judgment that the Corinthians were making against St. Paul. 
It, it says, for his letters, they say, are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. Since appearance is the prevailing standard in the world, we devote time, effort, and money to appearing outwardly beautiful, talented, and successful. However, when the hidden things of darkness are brought to light, we will be judged by our interior motives and intentions. Some people who are outwardly beautiful are inwardly ugly. And some people who are not physically attractive or impressive have beautiful hearts. As Isaiah prophesied about Jesus, he has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Some people have visible success, but it is built upon dishonesty and the ill treatment of others. And the products they make or the services they offer are not good for people. Other people do not have visible emblems of success, but they do their work to the glory of God and for the good of others. The coming great apocalypse will uncover or reveal this mystery of people. We cannot judge rightly because there are hidden things that we do not know and cannot see about other people. I was taught this lesson a long time ago during the season of Advent. A woman who needed help for Christmas came to talk with me. She was a single mother who had several children, and not all of them were from the same father. I had sympathy, but I also had a subtle attitude of judgment beneath the surface. And then she told me her story, how her father had left the family when she was very young, how her mother was an alcoholic who would allow boys to be with her if those boys bought her mother beer, how she ran away from home to escape, how this led to not very healthy relationships. I passed judgment based on the outward knowledge and appearance without knowing her story or her heart. We should avoid judging each other because we do not know the things that are hidden in each other's hearts. Instead, we should make the effort to get to know each other as ambassadors for a Christ who welcomes each of us exactly as we are. Rather than making a snap judgment based on appearances or prejudices, why not instead invite that person to meet for coffee and get to know that person's story? Who are you? Where do you come from? What are you struggling with? How can I help? This is the practice of biblical hospitality. Biblical hospitality is not inviting our good friends over for dinner. Biblical hospitality means welcoming the stranger, welcoming the one who is not in our group to become a part of our group. In last week's epistle, St. Paul exhorted Jews and Gentiles in the church in Rome who historically hated each other to, quote, receive one another as Christ has received you. 
in the body of Christ, this means to receive the one we are not naturally drawn to and may not naturally like, because Christ continues to receive us even though we are not always that attractive. To be sure, people need to take responsibility for things, stop committing sins, and make better life decisions. However, love and embrace usually help people to change more than judgment and rejection. For example, Jesus welcomed and forgave the woman caught in adultery in John 8 before he said to her, now go and sin no more. As Isaiah says of our Lord, a bruised reed he will not break and a smoking flax he will not quench. We should also judge ourselves accurately, being less concerned about appearances and more concerned about the pursuit of holiness and the practice of virtue. As 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4 says, Do not let your adornments be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart, with the uncorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. As we persevere in the life of prayer, we grow in our understanding of the mysteries of God and also in our understanding of the mysteries of other people, including ourselves. The more clearly we see God, the more clearly we see ourselves in the light of his presence. The more clearly we see our true selves and experience God's love for us exactly as we are, the more we learn to love other people rather than to judge them. A worthy goal of Advent is to make some progress in this direction. First, to experience God's grace in new ways in relationship to our own sins and weaknesses. And then to practice judging others less and loving others more. As the epistle says, Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts. Then each one's praise will come from God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.